0: What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Yeah? Can I get a little more energy than that? How are we doing tonight? I'm so excited because Jesus is about to rock you guys. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so good. He's about to drop. Are you ready? You know what my favorite part of, like, every electronic song is? Is the drop, right? And I think uh, we're building up to that right now. And then Jesus is going to drop on you. He's going to encounter you like you never experienced before. Are you ready? All right. This track with me. 2,000 years ago about 2,000 years ago, there was a man named Jesus. Does anyone know him? Does anyone know him? His name was Jesus, and and Jesus was a really special dude. He was a really special guy, and the reason that Jesus was so special is, is because he he talked differently than everybody else. He spoke with authority he spoke with power he spoke with kindness there was something about jesus that was so different and so impactful that everyone wanted to be around him literally everyone thousands and thousands and thousands of people would surround this man named jesus just to hear him speak, just to hear him talk, just to hear the words that were coming out around it, out of his mouth. And 2,000 years ago, he walked on this earth and he, he came down from heaven and he healed the sick. And he opened up blind eyes and he, he opened up deaf ears and he rose people from the dead and he walked on this earth and everybody wanted to be like Jesus. Everyone wanted to follow Jesus except for one group. And it it was this group of, of Pharisees, these, this group of religious leaders who, this is feedback and a lot. I'm going to use the regular mic. This is, this is a lot. Okay. Sweet. This is better. Oh, so much better. God, you saved us. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Can I just rip this out real quick? I'm sorry, guys. All right, here we go. I wanted to use my hands, but it's chilling. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. So 2,000 years ago, and he walked, except for this one group that didn't like Jesus at all. And it was this group of religious leaders that thought that they had it all together. And so Jesus was taking this following away from them, and, and they wanted to have the following that Jesus had. If Jesus had an Instagram, he'd be the most followed person in the planet. And they wanted that. They were jealous of the people that were following Jesus, and Jesus was flipping things on its head and presenting a new gospel of love and changing things that they had been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they were mad at Jesus. And so you know what they did? They, they devised a plan to get everyone against him. They devised a plan, has it ever felt like everybody was against you? And they devised a plan to get everybody to shout out, crucify Jesus and kill him for something he did not do. And Jesus on the cross, little did that they know that in sending Jesus to the cross, they were actually fulfilling the plan of God. Little did they know that them trying to kill Jesus was actually going to save them. And Jesus got up on the cross He got up on the cross, and on the cross, nails were driven into his wrists and driven into his feet. And he was stabbed in the side, and he bled out on the cross, on a wall. It was a Roman execution, and he died a sinner's death for something he did not do, all because people couldn't handle this Jesus, this new Jesus. And he died on a cross, and in that cross, he took every single one of your mistakes. Every single one of your failures, every single one of the reasons that you think you're not good enough, he took them on that cross, nailed into his wrists, nailed into his ankles, stabbed into his side, and he died for you. But we just celebrated Easter, and we know that that's not the end of the story, That's not the end of the story, because guess what? Three days later, against all odds, against all hope, hope against hope, Jesus rose again from the dead. The stone rolled away from the tomb, and he walked out victorious. (laughs) Saying to us that death is not the end. That your pain is not the end. That there's life after death. That there's life after your suffering. That there's life after your pain and what you've gone through. Jesus is an example for us that we have victory in every circumstance, every situation, every bad thing that comes against us. God uses for our good so that we can be victorious. So that we can have light and love and peace and joy. All of the good things that you've ever won. I said it earlier. Jesus is the answer to every single one of your problems. But there were these people, these disciples, and we have the privilege of seeing the end of the story. We know that Jesus rose up from the dead, but after Jesus died, there was a group of disciples, 12 disciples that followed him, and they didn't know what was going to happen. And that's what I want to talk about Today, I want to talk about what Jesus does after he rises from the dead, and he comes to these disciples who are torn apart after Jesus died because they didn't know that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. How many of you guys have been in a situation where you didn't know if it was going to work out? You didn't know if everything was going to be okay. You didn't know if if everything was going to be fine in your heart, and we find them in this situation in John 20, verses 19, it says this. After Jesus died and rose again, it says that that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked Doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Let me break this down for you guys. Jesus just had died. Jesus just died, and so the disciples are together mourning. They're together, they're weeping, they're, they're uncomfortable, they're confused, they're overwhelmed by the weight they had just seen, their are heartbroken, they had just seen their best friend for the last three years be tortured, beaten, and die right in front of them. Talk about a bad day. And so after Jesus died, they're sitting in a locked room together, not knowing their next step, not knowing what to do, feeling the weight of pain and sorrow, seeing their best friend die right in front of them. Can you imagine the thoughts that are going on in their head? Can you imagine the doubt that's starting to creep in? Does God even exist? Does God? Does Jesus even matter? Were, were the things that he said to me even true? Were the promises that he gave to me, did they even matter? I just followed this guy, Jesus, for three years, and for what use? He just died. And the doubt starts to creep in because pain can cause you to start doubting whether or not God is good. Have you ever been in that situation? You're doubting whether or not God's faithful enough to get you out, whether he's actually real at all because you've just experienced so much pain and sorrow in your life, you just experienced so much, you can't see him, you can't feel him, he's not there in the room with you, so you're just thinking to yourself, man, does Jesus even matter? And then the anger starts to creep in, how could Jesus do this to us? He said that he would never leave us or forsake us. He said that he would never go away. He said that he would give us the Holy Spirit. Where is he now? Where are you, God? Where are you? And the anger starts to step in, and then the blame and the guilt. If I had only done this different, maybe he wouldn't have died. Or Peter thinking and blaming himself, if I hadn't denied him, maybe this situation could have changed. Maybe if we did something different that my situation wouldn't be the same. Maybe if I loved my parents more, they wouldn't have split up. Or maybe if I did this, my best friend wouldn't have left me. Or maybe if I did this, and you start blaming and all the thoughts start coming in. And they're broken in this room. and, And what it says is that they're sitting in this room with doors locked. You know what? Pain has a funny way of causing us to lock up the doors. When we get hurt, and we get angry and we don't know what to do. It's the easiest thing is to just go, go away, run away from the situation, lock yourself up in your room, isolate yourself, make sure, no, I can't be around that person. They're just going to hurt me again. I have to get away from this situation. You run away. You lock yourself up in a room. You put on a face and act like everything's okay so that people don't see what's actually going on inside the house. And you can imagine as people were walking past that house, it just looked completely normal. But on the inside, it was filled with pain and sorrow and doubt and anger and blame and guilt. And on the outside, it looked completely normal. And maybe that's what your life has become. It's become everybody seeing you as that happy person, that okay person. But really, you're just hiding away. You're locking yourself in a door. You're not open with people anymore because you can't trust them. You're not open with your parents anymore because they hurt you. You're not open anymore because you've shut away and you've locked the doors and you don't want anything to do with anything so just talk about the good stuff i don't want to actually go through what i'm going through which leads me my first point you got to pick the locks you got to pick the locks because i'll tell you what jesus did not make you to be a shut-in He did not make you to hide away from your problems. Guess what, guys? The answer to your problems is not hiding away from them. Instead, it's meeting Jesus, running into your problems, having his overcoming spirit enter into you, and then you overcome your problems through him, so then you're not running away from them anymore. The answer to your problems, like I said earlier, the answer to every problem you have is Jesus. It's not a rut to run away. It's not to run to that old guy or that old girl, to run to that old thing in your past, that old way that you coped with things. It's to stay in the room and know that Jesus is with you and come out of those locked doors and enter into victory. you got to pick the locks. But you know what I love so much? Even if you're not willing to pick the locks, Jesus will show up anyway. Check this out. It says that they were sitting in locked doors, but suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. I'll tell you what, you can build up every wall against Jesus, you can build up every door, put a bunch of locks on every door to your heart to not let people in, to not let Jesus in, but guess what, in his resurrected state, he will show up in your situation. Sometimes Jesus isn't a gentleman. Sometimes he doesn't knock, he doesn't need a locksmith, he doesn't need to know your passcode, he just shows up into your situation. You're like, how did you get here, Jesus? Why? Because he loves you too much not to show up. He loves you too much not to love on you. He loves you too much to keep you in that same mindset of poverty, and I'm not good enough, and I can't believe this is going on, and I'm doubting if you're even good, God. He loves you too much to not show up for you. And he'll show up even if you don't pick the locks. Even if you don't open up the doors. Even if you remain doing whatever you want to do for the rest of your life. Jesus is coming after you. And he'll show up into the door. And he comes in. (laughs) I love Jesus. He comes in and he says, peace be with you. You can always count on Jesus to bring peace to a hard situation. You can always count on Jesus to bring victory to a situation where you feel defeated and ugly and wrong and terrible and guilty. You can always count on Jesus to bring peace. And he comes in, he says, peace be with you. And, And this part I love the most. It says that Jesus showed the disciples his scars. He showed them the, the marks in his wrist where he'd been crucified on the cross. And he showed them his ankles where the holes were, where the nails were driven in. And he showed them his side where he was pierced. And I was thinking to myself, why did Jesus show his scars? You know, a lot of the time when we go through pain, we don't want to show what we've been through. We don't want to show other people where we've been or where we've come from or what we've gone through. And so we decide to cover up our scars. But Jesus knows that his scars are not something to be ashamed about. What he's been through is not something to be ashamed about. It's something to rejoice over because his scars are a testimony. His scars, he shows the disciples his scars because in their broken situation, he says, Look at my scars. I made it through. I overcame death. You see this? This is your pain that I took. This is your heartbreak that I took. This is your guilt and your shame that I bore in my wrist. And guess what? I'm still alive. I'm still alive. I made it through, which is a glorious, victorious statement that we got to show off our scars. We got to show off our scars because your scars are a testimony of what God's done in your life. Think about this, guys. Jesus lives forever in heaven to this day. As a man, he didn't come as a man and then become a spirit again, and then he's some like weird, woo, Jesus up in heaven, right? He's still a man. And guess what? He's still a man who wears his scars on his sleeve. Why would Jesus? If he could have any body that he wanted when he rose from the dead, if he could have anything, he could be unblemished, he could be perfect, he had all this thing, but he chooses to keep his scars. Why? So that you would know that he can relate with you in every situation, in every hard time, in everything that you're going through, have gone through, will go through. He knows it. He knows your pain. And he's saying to you, I know you've been beaten. I know you've been bruised. I know you've been broken down. I know you've been feeling guilty about that thing. I know you've been feeling heartbreak over your parents or your friends leaving. I know you've been feeling insecure about this. But guess what? I've felt everything that you've ever felt, and I made it through. I felt everything you've ever gone through. And his scars are a testimony that your suffering is not the end. That your hard times are not the end. That there's something and there's victory in front of you. you got to show off your scars and wear them on your sleeve. Because guess what? I've been through some stuff. And it's only ever made me stronger. It's only ever made me more in love with Jesus. Because your scars are a testimony of what God's done in your life. Show off your scars. Stop hiding and acting like you haven't gone through anything. Stop hiding and acting and putting on a face in front of your friends when you're really having a hard time thinking about certain things and you just act like everything's okay. No, I'm fine. No, I don't actually want to step in. No, I'm actually I'm okay. Everything's okay. But really, it's not. Show off your scars. Because they're a testimony that Jesus is going to overcome every situation in your life. And my third point is this. You have to catch his breath. You have to catch his breath. Because guess what happens next after Jesus shows off his scars? It says this. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Verse 22, he says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why would Jesus breathe on the disciples? He better had a tic-tac or something, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of gross. Why is Jesus breathing on me? Why is Jesus breathing on me? And, and I was thinking about, why, why, Jesus, did you breathe on me? And immediately, I was brought back to one of the first books in the Bible. Not one of the first books, the first book in the Bible, Genesis. And in chapter 2 of Genesis, it shows how God made mankind. And it shows this. It says that God got down low and out of the dust of the earth, out of the, 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 the clay, the, 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 the dirt of the earth. You see, you were the only thing that God made with his hands. Everything else, he just spoke. He just said, let there be light, let there be the ocean, let there be the sky. But with you, he was so intentional in making you. And he got down low. He got dirty when he made you. And he formed out of the dust. He made you and he formed every talent and every gift. And he formed the brain so that you could think. And he formed the eyes so that you can see And the heart that would give life to the body. And he he, he, he made the eyes so that you could see creation and that hot girl across the room, right? And he made the ears so that you can hear music and that you could hear the sounds of just living. And he, and he made the nose so that you can smell and the tongue and the mouth so that you can sing and he made all of these things and he formed all of these things he made the legs so that you can run and jump and dance and skateboard and he made the hands so that you could create and play instruments and do all of these things he forms them out of the dust of the earth and then it's just dust until he breathes into Adam until he breathes into Adam and what the scripture says next is after God made mankind out of the dust of the earth he breathed into Adam's nostrils and Adam became alive you see with without Jesus you're just dust without Jesus all of your gifts all of your humor all of oh, whatever it is your entire body is just dust without his breath You need God to breathe into you. You need to catch His breath. You need to get close enough to Him. You know, it's really hard to feel my breath unless you're really, really close to me, right? You have to be really close to Jesus to feel His breath on your life. You can't stay in the back You can't stay over here and just wait for Jesus to come and breathe. You have to get really close to be able to feel his breath because Jesus wants to breathe on you without his breath. You're just clay. You're just dust. But with his breath, you become alive. All those dead things in your life, alive. All those things that have held you down, you're raised up because he breathed in it. Because he breathed on you. Because he breathed into you. You have his breath to cause and bring life into your own body. And what Jesus is saying in this moment as he comes to the disciples and he breathes on them. He's saying, just as Adam was raised from the dead when I breathed into him. And just as I rose from the dead. Because I had the spirit and the breath of life raising me from the dead. So you, when you get Jesus' breath on you, you come to life. You come up back from the dead. All of those things that you felt like you lost and that were broken, destroyed in that moment. All of the disciples, they were sitting there and they were confused and they were full of doubt and guilt and blame and anger and all of these things. When Jesus came in the room and showed off his scars and breathed on them, they came to life. They came. Because when Jesus breathes on you, when he breathes into you, you're just dust without his breath. You need his breath. I wonder if anybody here tonight needs a fresh breath. I wonder if anybody in here is just tired of living everyday life and needs a fresh breath. I wonder if anybody in here is weary of just the friends that you've been hanging out with and you're doing stuff that you really don't care about and and really what you need is a breath, the breath of God to come into that situation. You need His breath, as I call Michael forward. You need God's breath. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel dry and you feel out of the loop and you feel like you have no more friends anymore because all of your friends have moved away or they've left. Or maybe you just recently had, a, had kind of a breakup with a best friend and, and you don't really see eye to eye anymore and you're, you're feeling really alone. You're feeling really lonely. Maybe what you need tonight is a fresh breath. Maybe what you need tonight is that that your family has been splitting apart and you haven't told anybody. You haven't told anybody. You've been keeping it kind of secret. You've been keeping it kind of hidden. But really, it's actually messing with your heart. It's actually messing with your heart, how your mom's speaking to your dad and your dad's speaking to your mom or how your siblings are speaking to you and it feels like there's a bunch of pain in your family. It feels like there's a bunch of stuff going on and you haven't showed anybody Right? But maybe what you need tonight is a fresh breath. Jesus comes in to the most dark time that the disciples probably ever had. Like I said, they just spent the last three years with their best friend. Seeing him perform miracles, seeing him do amazing things, they were taught by him, they were led by him, they were guided by him, they were talked kindly to by him, he he gave them identity, he gave them purpose, he gave them calling, and then when it seemed like everything was good, he just left. And maybe you guys have even been in that situation where it felt like everything was going right, everything was going in your direction, and then something hit your life where you just don't even know where to go anymore. You don't even know what to do anymore. You don't know how to respond to that friend or text back that friend anymore. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do, and you're filled with brokenness, and your house is torn apart because something just hit you that you think you can't even move on from, but I want to let you know that when Jesus comes into your situation, when Jesus comes into your room, even though you've been locked away, even though you've been hidden away, when Jesus breaks into your situation, he changes things. When Jesus walks into the room, everything changes. When Jesus says, peace be with you, everything changes. When Jesus breathes on your life and breathes just like he did in the beginning and he brought Adam to to life and then he too didn't die, but he was brought to life. You just need Jesus to come into your life, to breathe into that dead situation, to breathe into that heartbreak, to breathe into that pain, to breathe into that sorrow, to breathe into that insecurity. You just need Jesus to breathe. And when Jesus breathes, life is brought back into you. Joy is brought back into you. Peace is brought back to you. Security is brought back to you. Faith is brought back to you. You're no longer saying because of your situation, maybe God just didn't show up. Maybe God's not good. Maybe God's just forgotten about me. Maybe God's not even real. Instead, you're allowing your situation to make you rely even more upon the God that created you. Even more, you're relying upon Jesus to breathe on your situation because you know if He brought life to Jesus, if He brought life to that most hopeless situation, if He used Jesus' scars to bring salvation to everybody, then He can use your situation to save a whole lot of people. He can use your situation, what you're going through, to bring life to everybody around you. Because I'll tell you what, I once was dead, but now I'm alive. When Jesus breathed into my situation and I was running away, I was locking every single door. I didn't care about Jesus. I didn't want to hear about Jesus. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to show up in a service. But when Jesus came in the room, suddenly... He breathed on my life and everything that I didn't even know was dead started coming to life. I didn't even know that I could sing until he breathes on the gift I didn't even know I had. I didn't know I was hurting. He breathed into my life and I came back to life. I didn't know that I was really struggling until he came into my life and I saw perfection face to face. And I realized that there was something more than the life I'm living. There's something more than just living day to day. But when he breathes on you, you realize that your life has purpose. You realize that you weren't made to just be dust. You weren't made just to exist. You were meant to live. You are meant to be fully alive every single day to wake up and say, thank you, Jesus, I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus, that I have breath in my lungs. Thank you, Jesus, for the people that you've put in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that I have access continuously to his presence. And you do. You can have that mindset. God is not far away from you because you don't have the microphone. God is close to you, and he is in this room. Guess what? Breath, you can't see. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Breath, you can't see. It doesn't mean it's not in my lungs. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And the same thing with the breath of God, with the Spirit of God. You might not be able to see Jesus, but I bet you, you feel Him right now. I bet you, you you feel a little starting something, a little spark starting to, you know what? (laughs) Whenever you start a fire, you have to breathe on it. Listen, I used to go camping quite often and and my dad taught me that when you have just a little spark, when you have just a little flame, one of the best things to do uh, is is cultivate that flame and then... breathe on it. Some of you guys have a wildfire in you that hasn't even started yet. Some of you guys have a purpose and a calling that you just see it as a tiny flame. You just see what you have as a tiny flame. You just see your gifting as a tiny little flame. I'm just a tiny little person. I don't have all that it takes. I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. You just see it as this tiny little flame. But guess what? When God gets a hold of that flame, when God gets a hold of that little stoked fire as he's camping and he breathes on it, I'm telling you what, you have a wildfire in you that you don't even know about. Because that little flame can light up the entire countryside. We've seen it happen in California time and time again. It's, it's devastating. But I'll tell you what. It's a picture of what you do to the devil's land every time that God breathes on you. It's a picture of what happens to the devil's work in your life, to the enemy's work in your life, to the pain in your life, because when God breathes on the fire that's inside you, it starts burning up all of the enemy's territory in you, all of the thoughts that he's said about you, all of the bad things that have gotten into your mind that make you feel worthless and not enough. When God breathes on the fire in your heart, it starts burning away every single work that the devil has planted in you. It starts burning away all the pain that you felt, all the sorrow sorrow that you felt, because it starts burning all of that away, and then all you see is the wildfire that you are, the purpose, the calling. I'm telling you, you don't realize what's inside of you. You don't realize how big God is inside of you, and all we have to do tonight, and I We're going to get to it. We're going to have ministry time, and and we're going to ask for God to breathe on those little flames. This is what you have to do, guys. I'm just asking you to do this. Even if you don't believe a single word, if you're checked out, I'm begging you, do this right here. Take that little bit of fire that you have. Take that little bit of fire. Take that, that little bit of inspiration. If there's any thought in your mind that God could do anything in your life, take that if there's any little thought that maybe even God exists, take that little fire and watch him breathe on it. And I'm asking you guys tonight, I'm urging you, because I'll I'll tell you what, Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to me. Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I didn't even ask for it. I didn't even want it. I didn't even know I had gifts and talents. I didn't even know that there was a God who loved me and died on the cross for me and that everything that I did have done and everything that I was doing and everything that I was going to do was all paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. When he died that death on Calvary, when he died on that cross and rose to new life, I had no idea what he would do with me. But if you just give that little flame, If you just say, hey, I'm going to try it tonight. And that's all I'm asking for. If I can call the worship team back up. That's all you have to do tonight. That's all I'm asking for you to do is if you think that you have any bit of a flame inside of you. I want you to come to the front right now. If you feel like you have any bit of a flame that you want God to breathe on you tonight. You want Jesus to do something in your life tonight. I want you to come to the front. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God wants to breathe on that situation you're in. God wants to breathe on what you're going through. You don't have to be ashamed of showing your scars. You don't have to be ashamed of what the people in the back are thinking. God wants to breathe on you tonight. And I'm going to ask any leader in the room, any leader of these students to come forward and start praying for these students. Every leader to start praying for these students. And we're going to sing this next song. We're just going to start praying. And and if you're in the back, don't just check out yet, okay? I want everybody to go ahead and stand up, even if you're standing up in just your own chair. We're going to sing out. Everybody in the back too. Come on. Come on, guys. We're going to ask Jesus to breathe, and if you're in the back, I want you praying for every single person because guess what? Don't check out yet. Just because they're getting breathed on by God doesn't mean just because you're in the back, you can't either. All right? I want you praying for these people. I want you asking God to move in this place just like we talked about in the beginning, that the presence would get so thick in here that we wouldn't even be able to do anything but acknowledge that he's here. We're going to sing this next song, and then we're going to go person to person. We're just going to ask that God breathes into your situation, that God breathes on your life. Let's sing this out.
1: Close.
0: Believe that Jesus is in the room to heal tonight. and One of the, the blessings of having Jesus breathe on you is that you get all of his gifts so that everything that Jesus has done, you can do. If Jesus healed the person with blind eyes, you can too. If Jesus opened up the person with deaf ears, guess what? You have his breath in you. You have his spirit in you. So the first thing I want to call it is knee pain. Anybody with knee pain in the room? Knee pain, I want you to come. I want you to come close. Awesome. And now that God has breathed on you, I want you students, I want you to lay hands on your fellow students right now. If you're by a student who's come up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. As well as Richie right here. To lay hands on that person and start praying right now. And we're praying. Left knee. What knee is it, bro? What knee is it, buddy? Left knee. Jesus, thank you so much for healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for brand new new ligaments. Brand new joints, God. Thank you for a brand new knees, Jesus. I I just thank you that you have every single body part in heaven, and you're just replacing knees right now in Jesus' name. You're just making all things new right now. In Jesus' name, we call upon you, Holy Spirit, to heal the knees in this place so that these students can run and jump and dance and skateboard and go crazy for you and worship Jesus. We pray for every bit of knee pain. And pain, we command you out right now. In Jesus' name, we say you will not have these knees anymore. You will have no place in these students' bodies right now. In Jesus' name, brand new knees, brand new, brand new right now, Holy Spirit. Fall. Holy Spirit, breathe on these knees right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and I want you to test them out right now. Go ahead and test them out. If they hurt, if they do something, if you could squat down, squat down. Who feels a noticeable difference in their knees? Come on, come on. Great. Come on. Jesus is healing people. Who doesn't yet? Who doesn't yet? You haven't felt anything? You still pain? Okay, we're we're going to continue pressing. Listen, guys. Just because something doesn't happen the first time, doesn't mean you stop. Just because you don't see breakthrough the first time, it doesn't mean you don't keep praying you keep asking, because I'll tell you what, God's going to come through and do it. We keep praying, and we trust that God is good enough to do it, okay? So everybody in the back, hey, listen, don't check out, be praying for these people, they're trying to get healed right now. Let's do it, in Jesus' name, again, God, we call upon you for every knee pain everything going on in these knees right now in jesus name that you would make it new god in jesus name every pain every infirmity everything that's going on that you would heal every bit of it right now in jesus name in jesus name thank you god thank you jesus for brand new body parts brand new ligaments brand new no pain pain i curse you i command you i cancel your assignment over these students right now in jesus name By the blood of Jesus, we cast out that pain right now in Jesus. All right, I want you to test it one more time. Those people who didn't feel it the first time, test it one more time. How is it? Almost? We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying. We're going to go over it. I need people that have been having headaches and migraines. Right here. Come on. Come down. Don't be afraid. Headaches and migraines. If you've been struggling with migraines, you've been struggling with headaches, Come on. We're going to ask Jesus. Keep praying for those people. If you didn't see healing in your knees, ask the person next to you. Ask the person next to you to pray. Come right up here, sweetie. Come right, right up here. Right here is fine. Can you lay hands right now? When do you have migraines? Jesus, we just thank you right now. We thank you for migraines going. We thank you not every two days, not every day, not every month, Jesus, that you would just send out migraines out of your daughter right now. In Jesus' name, no more headaches, God. No more pain. In Jesus' name, we just cast those headaches out. We cast those migraines out. Amen, amen. I've got a couple more. I've got a couple more. I'm going to call them all out just for the sake of time. All right, we got, these are the things that God gave me beforehand, guys. I, back trouble, he wants me to pay for back pain, depression and suicidal thoughts, numbness, any hand pain that people are having. So back trouble, depression and suicidal thoughts, and then hand pain. If that's, if that's you, I know that it can be... Bad coming up, but is there anywhere, back pain, back pain right here, back pain right here, do we have anybody else struggling with back pain, back pain, back pain, back pain, back pain. beautiful, and I'm not going to ask you to come up for depression and suicidal thoughts, but if that's you, Jesus, we just thank you that you are joy and you are peace and you're coming in the room right now and you're casting out depression and you're casting out the spirit of suicide, God, and you're getting those thoughts out of people that your children don't have to struggle with suicide or thinking that they have to kill themselves, God, for things to get better. Thank you, God, that you died for us so that we wouldn't have to die, so that we wouldn't have to die, but that we can live forever, God. Thank you, Jesus, for overcoming depression and suicide, anxiety right now, that you're peace, your presence would come through in Jesus' name. I pray for everybody with back pain right here in the front. I thank you, Jesus, that you're casting out back pain, God. That you're moving against back pain, Jesus. I just thank you for just the vertebrae coming back together. For all things being made new right now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. All things being made new right now. Just pop their backs right now. In Jesus' name, make all things new. If you struggle with back pain, and even if you didn't come up, start testing out your back. Start swishing your back. Start bending over. Start doing things that you couldn't do before. Did anyone notice a change in their body? Come on. Come on, Jesus. Yes. Come on. Can we celebrate Jesus? Come on. Come on, Jesus. He's healing people. If you need healing, I'm just going to put it out. If you need any type of healing in your body, if it's not bag, if it's knee, if you just need a, a broken heart healed, I want you to raise your hand. If you need any type of healing in your body, right here, if you need any type of healing, raise your hand. Come on, be bold. If you need healing, He's the healer. He's the one that, that, that He's the answer to every problem. If you need, keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Leaders, go to those people right now. Go to those people, if you're a leader, by the person raising their hand. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to ask for the breath of God to fall on you. There's people in the back too. Caleb, if you could get them. Amen. Jesus, we come against every single form of sickness. We come against every oppression of the devil. Thank you for the wildfire in these students' hearts to break addiction, to break depression. God, that you would heal hearts right now, that you would heal hearts, that you would heal brokenness in a person's heart, that you would heal bodies right now. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, breathe right now. In Jesus' name, breathe on your students. Breathe on your children right now. Holy Spirit,
1: If you need healing, start to worship.
0: feel, come on. That's what it's all about, guys. It's all about His presence. It's all about His goodness. It's all about His goodness, and we've got one more song for you guys tonight. We've got one more song, and I want us to shout out everything. It's a song that we all know, but if you even feel a little bit of God's presence, I invite you to sing this song out. We're going to sing that. It's His breath in our lungs. You guys all know it's his breath. It's his power that brings us back to life. Once again, can we just give a shout to Jesus right now for everybody who felt his presence? Come on, Jesus! You are worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our affection. He's worthy of our worship. He's not a God who's far away. He's not a God who stays up in heaven. He shows up in your situation. He shows up in your brokenness. He shows up in what's going on. And he says, I want to meet you in that situation. I want to meet you and I want to love on you. Does anyone feel God's love in this place tonight? Come on, we're going to celebrate this. Let's sing it,
1: Moss. We sing all oh, the earth will shout your name. Yes,
0: now all the earth will shout. Let's lift your our hands,
1: hands in this place. Come on. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
0: Go in just a second, guys, and you can feel free to continue praying uh, with your uh, with your friends, or go out and you guys can wait for your parents. But I just wanted to give the opportunity. I said I said earlier that the the only way to feel God's breath is to get close to Him. The only way to feel God's breath over your life is to actually get close to Him, to say, Jesus, I want you to actually breathe on me. I want you to get close to me. And maybe some of you in this room tonight have come, not really expecting what you are going to get from Jesus, but I wanted to give you the opportunity, if you've never accepted the gift of what Jesus did on that cross if you've never received the forgiveness of God over your life, if you've never stepped into relationship with Jesus, if you've never said that Jesus is Lord and you've invited him into your heart, I want to give you an opportunity right now. It says in Romans ten nine that if you confess with your mouth, with your voice, that Jesus is Lord and that he rose from the dead so that we can live a new life, then you can be saved and live forever. <laughs> Isn't that a crazy gift that the Lord has given us that we live forever and ever and ever with the God who created us that that we don't have to be stuck, that we don't have to feel death in our lives, that we can actually live forever without pain, without suffering, without sorrow, the gift of literally eternal life. That's what God offers you. If you've never received that eternal life, can you just raise your hand and we can pray with you? If that's anybody and you've never stepped into relationship with Jesus, perfect. It's all family. (laughs) Well, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the, the students that you healed tonight emotionally and physically. We love you, God. We're thankful for everything that you've done for us. We're thankful for you making us just like you, God, that we get to enjoy you forever in heaven, in eternity. And we're thankful for breathing on this place tonight. You are so good. You are so worth it. All God's children said, Amen. Can we give a shout again to Jesus? You Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you so much for coming tonight. You guys can feel free to hang out outside or hang out in this area, wait for your parents. But if you still need prayer, make sure that you come up to James or I or one of your leaders and make sure you get that prayer that, we, that you need. We love you guys.